and we are back welcome to the overachievers podcast show my name is martin amini i'm your host and today we have a very special guest but i say that about all my guests and before we get into it here's some upcoming announcements of our upcoming shows november 6 to all our overachievers army listening we are back at the dc improv we got who we got mark norman headlining Boom, making his Overachievers debut. We got Chris Allen and Umar Khan. That's a fire lineup. Uh, if you want tickets, go to theoverachieversshow.com. This show will sell out. I know I say that about all the shows, but this one, please, 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 please get your tickets early. This is a show I really want you to see. Mark Normand is uh, hes one of the best in the country. I'm excited to have him. Um, he's just been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He was on the Fighter and the Kid podcast. He's making his rounds. He's blowing up. And uh, definitely come see him at the DC Improv. That's his first time doing the Overachiever show and his first time doing the DC Improv. So it's going to be a a historic night. Um, November 19th, we are at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles. That's right. We back on the West Coast, baby. Got my apartment and everything. If you want your tickets to that, go to theoverachievershow.com. We'll announce the lineup within the next week. All right. That brings us to our guest today. He's a day one. You all know him as the one and only DJ Bo. Yeah, what's good? What's good? Yeah, man. Um, you know, first off top, apologies to the overachievers audience for uh, the delay in this episode. I've been, you know, but <laughs> we we work and we gonna we gonna give you some. Uh, we gonna give you a nice a nice um, episode on this one. You know, Definitely. we this is the reunion episode. You know, we back in the business. We got the office set up in uh, Maryland. We got the office set up in L.A. We. Uh, we doing good. Things are being very productive. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, man. Yeah, lots happened. Yeah, a lot definitely. Let's happened. start from the. Uh, where did I leave off? The last episode we were talking to Ross and Matt, mm-hmm. and then we were kind of like um, talking about, I think the transition to L.A., the future of D.C. comedy. And then we had our show in October. We didn't really address that show yet. The October show. Yeah, with Joe no. Claire. No, we didn't get. Pete Diabru, Paris, and. Uh, we had Bridget open it up. That yeah. was fun. Um, Gavin Matz came through. A lot of a lot of people making their overachievers debut. Gavin Matz made his debut. Pete Diabru has been on the show. He made his debut at the DC Improv main stage. And then of course the big one for me was Joe Claire. Yeah. That was crazy. Body that too. You know what I mean? Seeing Joe Claire uh on our show was like one of those crazy moments where like, damn, I can't believe this is happening. You know right. what I mean? But he bodied his uh, set, and um, for those who don't know Joe Claire, uh, he is a radio personality on 95.5 WPGC. He has, a, he has his own show, Joe Claire in the Morning. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you guys should definitely check him out, check out his show on WPGC. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really listen to the radio like that, 95.5, but growing up as a kid, that was the go-to uh, ninety. It was Russ Parr in the morning, ninety-three point nine. Right. You know what I mean? And then it was like uh, I think and it was Donnie Simpson for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And Joe was also on uh, Rap City, like back. Yeah, he was a host of Rap City on yeah. BET. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Uh, shit. How you feeling right now, bro? Pretty good, man. Yeah, like pretty great. You just came out the doctors. You know what I mean? Yeah, everything it's, came out positive. Like I'm, I'm good. 
positive. No, you everything came out positive, negative. but it was negative. It was negative, negative but, but it was positive. positive. <laughs> yeah, let me not, be, let me not set myself up real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> things are negative but positive. It's negative but positive. Yeah, yeah things yeah. are good. Um, flying out to LA tomorrow. Woo! Got a couple shows there as well. So yeah, man. Back and then we're gearing up for November six. November six, baby. Yeah. How you feeling about that one? I'm, I'm kind of hyped, man. I really want to see it. Cause you've been talking a lot about Mark Mark Norman. Yeah, I, I've been I've been excited about him because he's like a little bit different than what we've had in the past as far yeah. as like the vibe. But like, I'm also excited to introduce our audience to like someone who's up and coming and someone that you should know. I I see him as yeah. being like almost like the next Seinfeld. You know what I mean? That's a big. Big stamp. Yeah, it's because like a lot of it has to do with his style. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with his work ethic, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jerry Seinfeld said that's his new favorite comedian. So mm. when Jerry gives him the stamp, yeah, you got to bring him to the Overachiever show. That's real, you know. And we've been working our butts off. We've been we launched our own campaign. Yeah, you want to get into that? Our new online. Oh, yeah, our, we could talk about it. Our online vibes. The, the the social media campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of crazy. Well, we just jumped up like a thousand followers, yeah, or something like yeah, that. yeah. And then you've been back on the Twitter grind. Yeah, I'm back on. <laughs> no, I just started tweeting <laughs> for the first time in my comedy career. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, it's kind of wild. But. I think like for the first time though, I do have a freedom. I think the audience who's been who's been listening to me over the course of I don't know how long, but yeah. the few past few years has recently found out that uh, I've made the transition from. Uh, uh, I'm not broke anymore. You know what I mean? So I think when you have a little bit of money in your bank, you're able to express yourself a little bit. You have a little bit more uh, freedom. Like I could, I could be a little bit more creative when I'm not hungry not or not when I'm not worried mode. about yeah, how I'm going to yeah. eat. Yeah. Being in survival mode, that shit sucks. Cause uh, <laughs> that's all you're worried about. Yeah. And Everything I, else is secondary. And I always felt self-conscious of putting that type of energy out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if I were to tweet during those times, it would be very dark tweets. Definitely. Whereas now, my shit's, like, kind of lighthearted but still fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's no, like, I, I, th I think we had talked about that because um, I think I wanted to say some pretty uh, emotional stuff online. Yeah. Uh, some emotional stuff. And, uh, yeah, you were like, yeah, bro, just uh, let's go talk to a therapist about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't the platform to talk about suicidal thoughts, all right? You know, we we are the overachievers, not uh, precautionary tales. <laughs> you know what Definitely. I mean? Like, let's not yeah. let's not freak people out. Yeah. It's not a we want to we want to inspire it. and encourage, not freak. But at the same time, you know, we want to be honest with people and For not, sure. not let them think that shit's always great. But uh, I think the listeners know how hard it's been, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And how things have been going, re like the recent successes, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, like listen to the podcast, you do a good job of like voicing the the, the hurdles as we go through them. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, so. And yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a part of the process, but yeah. you know, we'd be having fun too. So like as of late, so what we did the past few weeks um, after the show is, uh, we decided we're going to put out more videos. Mm -hmm. So like Bo's been putting out new DJ videos every week on his Instagram. So if you haven't already follow DJ Bo on his IG, it's at Bo knows DJing. Yeah, man, we'll put it in the description. And then, you know, I, and then I decided I'm going to drop new stand up clips every week. Mm. 
on this mission to hit 10,000 followers. So I'm at 40, almost at 4,600 right now. And, uh, you know, I think I'm close to halfway there. And I think within the next two months, I think I could pull it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, just for the way things have been going and like every video has been really helping a lot, just reach new people, new fans. And, uh, yeah, man, I just, I'm just excited to like continue to help grow this, the art, the overachievers army, man. Cause like, oh, yeah. Bro, like the way things are going right now, son. Like I got new sweaters coming through uh, November sixth of the show. I'm excited about the Kinda new sweaters. Those, got some new hats. Yeah, yeah. Got some new hoodies. Um, so we hype, son. We trying to get a house in L. A. That's yeah. our goal, goal now. I got an apartment, <laughs> but now let's go for a house, son. Let's get the whole office. Yeah, shoot for it, why not? Yeah, because I feel like if we have a house in L. A. Then we could like kind of set up shop and like uh, do the things I always want. I want to like create my own like radio show mm. where we could have like super or like our. Our celebrity homies come through, you know, maybe cook some breakfast or lunch and then film it and then put it on the <laughs> YouTube while doing a podcast episode. Yeah. That'd be good vibes. That'd be, yeah. With uh, some bow tunes in the background. Yeah. I'm More ready. Fun. I'm I'm ready to go full production scale. You know what I mean? Um, Just create like dope ass videos. I just want to make videos again. But in the meantime, we're going to give you these episodes off the Zoom, off the Zoom microphone. Zoom, zoom, zoom. So, to recap, yeah, man, the show was dope. The last one in October was dope. Um, we got Mark highlight? Norman, November sixth. What was your highlight of that past show? Um, I know usually you don't get a chance to like, you know, watch you producing behind the scenes and all that, but for the little bit you caught, I, I was just, I mean, for me, the highlight was just it just went smooth, man. Mm. It was a lot of personalities, so sure. I was like, oh, let me just. I'm just happy when things go smooth. This next one, I think I'm more excited because I feel like it's curated a little bit better. I feel like the, I think like me, Umar, Chris, and Mark is a nice little, a nice little palette. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, I think like we can definitely, you know, show show the full scale of the overachievers vibes. I'm hyped for it too because I haven't seen a lot of those guys in a while. Like Chris and Umar, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't, I haven't, probably haven't seen Umar since we were at uh, Draft House. Yeah, yeah it's so been, it's been a little bit. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely give you the best show, one of the best shows of the year, November, November sixth. So get them tickets. All right, so we covered the show stuff. This is something I'm very passionate about because I want to get people's feedback. Speak um, on it. Let's talk about the movie Joker. All right, because this is something that we've we've debated over breakfast yeah, a lot. Yeah, hot take of on on the Joker. I mean, there's a lot of feelings I have, but for those again, uh, if you're listening and you haven't watched the Joker, uh, skip the next fifteen twenty minutes of this episode because we're gonna just go into details about how we feel right. about it. Uh, is it is it overrated? Is it underrated? What was the best parts? What was the worst parts? And why is the DJ Bo such a stand for a Joker? <laughs> Why does Bo want to have want to sleep want to sleep with the Joker? Why does he want to with him? Why does he want to cuddle with the Joker? But, uh, <laughs> why does he want to dance with the Joker under the pale moonlight? <laughs> I do want to dance with him though. I definitely would dance with the Joker. You would? Oh man, got moves, bro. Yeah, man. Call me got moves. So you know? I am of the and this is to preface this, uh, and you know an analysis of the Joker. You know, I watched it like a week after it came out. After all of the. People were saying how it was a masterpiece, how it, this was one of the best films ever made. 
So, you know, I'm and these are people who I look, you know, I respect and I listen to their words. So I'm a, I was going into it like, oh, OK, I'm about to watch some about to watch some heat. Yeah. And I watched it. I thought the acting was on point. I thought why well, O'Keen Phoenix killed it. I thought the cinematography was uh, was dope. You know, what I mean, definitely up there. Ten out of ten. But uh, the storyline, I mean, everything else was like it kind of, you know. I felt like I was watching a guy put on makeup for 30 minutes. <laughs> that was like, that basically was like the whole movie. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Meanwhile, you know, I, I know this had like such an impact on your life. I disagree. On my life? Yeah. I know this changed no, everything. I don't say it had an impact. I mean, I you watched it, was, it twice. I watched it twice. It was a great movie. Yeah. Like. Yeah. When, I, when you told me you were going to watch it twice, I'm like, damn, dog, how sad are you? Yeah, like that. Cause, <laughs> no, because your take was what uh, people that enjoyed it, they're probably like sad. Like, yeah, sad I felt people. like um, it was hard to identify with this Joker struggle. We well, don't uh, identify the like because it was just like it looked like a lot of white privilege. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. dog, you had a t- it's, it's, things are not going your way. Right, it's not going a lot. Uh, it's not going a lot of minorities' ways these days, <laughs> and, I, and we don't really life. kill nobody, bro. For the most yeah. part, we just like you know we might yell at our teachers, but mm-hmm. b- besides that. You know, uh, we don't really we kind of ab- abide ab- abide by the laws. Meanwhile, this dude's like kills his mom. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, mom. <laughs> you were. I mean, yes, his mom has mental issues. I get it, but like, yo, she has mental issues. Yeah, what she did wasn't right, but she was also sick. But he had mental issues too. Yeah, I know, but like, again, it's like. It's not so enjoying the movie. I don't feel like you have to like relate to the dude. Like I'm, it's not like I had to identify. I had to identify with. Uh, I try. I had to identify with the character. But it's you, like but, how, but, it's but, like my feelings with Lil Wayne. Like sure. Lil Wayne. Um, I'm not a fan of Lil Wayne, but I pre. I, I think his music is. I could appreciate his music, but sure. I, I'm not a fan of him because mm-hmm. I don't really relate to his struggle. Yeah. He's like a dude with a lot of money that has drug problems. I'm like, hey, dog, I don't really fuck with drugs like that. Yeah, but with Joker, I I feel like everyone has been at that point where you're at your lowest where the words just like kicking you down you mm-hmm. can relate to that like yeah but i think his way about <laughs> how he way, handled his, it his way of handling it um, yeah 90 percent of here's the world where i would change my yeah. feeling towards the joker now was it, was if it? bruce wayne's dad was actually his dad then i'd be like good fuck him up you know what i mean yeah <laughs> but it wasn't clear that it, it, it insinuated that it was but then it, it left a gray area which I think like if they would have been like not that is his dad mm. A that would have made the story so much cooler with Batman like nah. the Batman story I like it the way it was cause like it stays true to who the Joker character is yeah. which is um he has this very you're not sure of his past it's very like multiple choice like he's always kind of kept it that way and mm-hmm. the way the movie was shot you definitely don't know what's real and what's not. Yeah. Why I mean, used to get a like very coherent story. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I need I need some like you uh, need answers. Yeah, I mean, or at least, am I gonna get behind this dude? But that's the Joker character. You don't. You just don't know. I still think there's ways that like him. And then um, but did you? And he wasn't. And he wasn't funny. On top of that, like, how's the Joker not gonna be funny? Well, this was him getting to. He was at an open the, mic the, and he bombed his ass off. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, I'm that like, shit, that, and, shit was, that shit hurt. To and, watch. He, and he brought a gr- he just laughed, and, I, and then he just brought his girl that probably that he imagined. Is that like a thing to not bring your girl 
to your uh, stand-ups? Because I, I heard I heard a lot of comics like commenting on that, saying like they they knew it was fake at that point because he brought his girl to a comedy or to like his first comedy like night. Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't know any better, then yeah. you bring your girl, you know. But if you uh, if you have some uh, some insight, yeah, that's not a smart move. No, bringing your girl to your first show. Mm. Yeah, I went with all uh, all my homies. When do you bring your girl to a show? I don't know. Maybe after ten years. Ten years. Jesus after Christ. you know, <laughs> like you got it, and even right. when you think you got it, you don't know if you got it. At any given point, you can bomb your dick off. So it's probably just not best to bring on to you like doing stadiums. And I mean, there's obviously like again, theaters. it's always you. You just never know, bro. Hmm. But yeah, just bringing your girl is always going to be like a. You don't know what's going to happen, son. <laughs> you better you better just be sure that she already likes you because if you're going counting on that, it might not go your way. Yeah, that's true. So you're not going to watch it again? Nah. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, again, acting yeah. was fire. Yeah, the cinematography yeah. was fire. What if they do a sequel? I mean, I, I wouldn't be in a rush just to go see it. I, I, like I could tell, you might be in line to see it. You won't be in line, but yeah, I'm you look like you would, you look like the type to wait in line to see the Joker. I don't wait in line for nothing. I'm here I'm to see my boy. <laughs> We're here to support my friend. Like you know, he's a fictional. No. He's my friend. <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. You got it, bro. Stop yelling. I'm not yelling. I'm just passionate. <laughs> bro, I've never seen the side of Shut up. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Bro, please. <laughs> We're in a public space. You don't know my life. <laughs> oh my <God>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, man. Hey, it was fine. It was over. It was. It was. It was. Uh, it was overrated it was, yeah. for you. For, yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, I think it was. It wasn't a masterpiece. It was. It was good. It wasn't a masterpiece. I, I, I'll take you on. Like, I don't like the fact that people just call movies off the jump masterpieces. Like, yeah. I, I feel like you have to let shit marinate for like a couple of years before you like throw that word out. So yeah. I will agree on that. But it was, as far as I'm concerned, it was an amazing movie. It was a great movie. I went. I went and saw it twice. I see that shit again. For free if I can, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I just like I just like characters I can get behind. Pause. But like, uh, yeah, I just like characters I can support. You know, and just like, oh yeah, yeah. So you're saying every movie that you fuck with, you could relate with the character. Yeah, no, nah, you not just not just relate, but like you want them, you want to see them win. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a good character. What about the Joker in uh, what was it uh, Dark Knight? I think I liked him better. Hmm. Interesting. But then again, it wasn't him the whole every on the screen the entire time putting on makeup. Yeah, I think I had like what fifteen minutes or so on the whole, whole movie. Yeah, maybe some yeah, some crazy like that. Hmm. Yeah. Which you know is hard to do, you know, because they wanted to show his struggle. They did a lot of close ups. They wanted to really show like yeah, yeah. his like the society breaking him down. Yeah, it was a it was a character study movie. Yeah, maybe that's another thing. Like, I think maybe some people went into it thinking one thing, not knowing it was like a character study movie, mm-hmm. and um, that might just like throw people off. Maybe it's possible. Yeah, because I feel like if you enjoyed like Taxi Driver, you should definitely like kind of appreciate this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's you know? definitely like a Taxi Driver vibe to it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. 
So yeah, I mean that was it was fine. I uh, I gotta watch the the only other film I gotta still see is the Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But besides that, that's the only other joint. Yeah, that was fine. I gotta uh, I wanna share. I wanna go into some new stories because I've been going on stage the past few weeks and I've been having trouble trying to like work on some new ideas um, mm. mainly because um, I've been so busy with like work but like I haven't tried to explore some new just share new stories so I yeah. figure we take this time to like share some stories that we've never shared before sure. maybe you can start us off about you know something that you haven't shared with the people some I haven't shared yeah, maybe like uh, you know things that be, maybe something that like doesn't have to be that heavy. maybe something that people don't know about you. Maybe like what it was like when you first came to this country, like your um, first year, like that transition. Like what was your first week like in America? Oh uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was, se- was kind of rough. You want to set it up a little bit for the people and let them yeah, know so, like your story. So I moved here. I moved to the states from Cameroon. I moved to the states from Cameroon when I was eleven. Um. And the first place we kind of settled in was uh, Maple Avenue in Tacoma Park. Mm-hmm. So I went, I spent like... How'd you get, how'd you find that place? How'd your parents find that place? My mom was here for two years. Oh, wow. So you weren't with your mom? And for, who nah. breastfed you? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was... Your dad, <laughs> was that your dad or a goat? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> for when those like, who don't know to our earlier episodes, we have a lot of goat <laughs> references. Because uh, Bo legit has a goat farm in Cameroon. He has one of the biggest goat uh, goat herds in yeah. his village. You keep talking all the smack. It's gonna no, it's spo- true. It's going to be sponsoring uh, overachiever shows like in the near future. What, the goats? The goats, man. The goats are going to sponsor it? What uh, is it? Look, bro. They're going to get together and be like, <laughs> man, we sponsor. <laughs> put some respect on this goat money. <laughs> all right. No, but just, I don't want people to think I'm just like being like. No, no, no. He, he's for real. Like we, I, I did grow up on a farm. Like, yeah. yeah. From With a village. goats? Uh, my village is called Quinn. It's in the. How do you north. pronounce it? It's Nguyen. Is there a click in there? There's no click. Okay. Why well, so just asking, man? The click is. That's a South Africa. That's Kosa. Oh, okay. That's South Africa. That's okay. Like, so, how many goats would you say you have on your farm? <laughs> <laughs> the people want to know. I'm giving them the intel they want to know. I don't know, man. I got to ask my dad. He's back there. Just right give now. us a rough number. Give us. When a I left, we had like, what, three goats, maybe? No. Yeah. Uh, nothing crazy. That was an underwhelming amount. <laughs> I expected a lot more than three. <laughs> You're embarrassing me, Bo. Look, my grandmother has the herd. Like, I oh, don't, who's? Like, oh, she's got the herd. Yeah, she has her own. She's got compound. the. She's got the bag. She's got a compound. Yeah, a compound of goats. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, anyway, so I moved here when I was eleven. Um, after not seeing your mom for two years. Yeah, so my mom, she moved. Uh, oh, mama. She left two years earlier. Mama, where are you? So I was like eight or nine. Um, she wanted to come overseas to the Netherlands to finish her studies, and then she moved out here to the States, um, which is when she filed for us to come with a visa. Mm. Um, so visa boys. Visa boys, indeed. So um, my the two younger brothers and my dad, we all packed up, moved over here, settled down in Maple Avenue, Tacoma Park. I spent like, I want to say four months in Tacoma Park. Yeah, just like what was your neighborhood like? Was was there kids there that played with you? I mean, there were kids around, but they definitely didn't play with me. Why not? Because <laughs> uh, super African kid, like still trying to figure things out. So I was just like the butt of a lot of jokes. Did you say hello? 
Yeah, I talked to people. I was nice. Mm-hmm. I was actually maybe too nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know how kids are like they see the nice shit. They're just like, yeah, you're like easy pickings. Yeah. They just like went for went for the neck. It's like uh, it's just like life. It's like an analogy for life. Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm learning that as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you lived in uh, Tacoma Park, Maryland, mm-hmm. and then you moved? Moved to, uh, um, where is it we first moved out to? Oh, Longmead. Yeah, we moved out to Longmead, mm-hmm. and that's where I started um, seventh grade at Argyle, and that's where we met for the first time. Well, 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 is it <laughs> in the origin story of the overachievers? <laughs> yeah, Argyle funny enough, Middle School. Martin was in my... I think my second period class. No, I, first damn, I didn't even know this part. Yeah, it was first or second. But it was like one of the, f- yeah, you were like one of the first group of kids I met, literally, like when I came to Argo. Wow. Yeah, no. So I had an impact on you from the beginning stages oh, of your life. It's always about Martin. God damn it. <laughs> well, you know, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest, though. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be influenced on American culture. You're like, you saw me, you're like, that's what cool is. <laughs> that's what I saw on the te- on the television next to my goats oh my on God. the MTV, the hip hop shows. Hip hop. <laughs> be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. We had a w- I had an eighth grade teacher uh, called Miss Radaron. Her name was Miss Radaron, and um, she would. Uh, yeah, she would say, I have to be honest. <laughs> you are the worst class I've ever seen in my life. I am like a volcano. I am ready to erupt. <laughs> to this day, it's the, one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life, son. <laughs> so, like, the past two months, I've been oh thinking about it. And I've just been, like, uh, walking around, like, uh, the house. And I'd be like, Bo, be honest. <laughs> Did you check the mail? <laughs> be honest. Look in the mirror and be honest. <laughs> Oh, but all right. Go ahead, continue. So this yeah, is good, so by the way. You're doing a really good job of telling us something that we didn't know about you. Oh, this cool. is exactly what I wanted to hear. Oh, that's perfect. All right, good to know. So yeah, seventh grade moved moved to um, Longmead. Started off Argyle, and yeah, that was that was a crazy transition for me because it's uh, I came from a school where I was kind of like not the popular kid, but I no one kind of gave me shit, and then I moved to a situation where like I was just getting fried literally every day. And um, for the people who aren't familiar with the word fried, what does that mean exactly? Fried means you get picked on, you get made fun of. Yeah, yeah. You're, what, you're, what, you're, what, <laughs> what were the jokes that were being thrown? Oh, there were a lot of African booty scratcher jokes. Mm-hmm. The, like, class, the classic one. Yeah, because like I, I had a really thick accent. I just moved here, and oh, your, uh, your accent's gotten a lot better. To add, <laughs> add insult to injury, my mom had to like go pick out our shoes for us for like that first year, um, and she bought. I specifically remember her buying these shoes called candies. So I found out those were like girl shoes. Mm. And so I had to find that out the hard way in school. Um, I think it was William Farrell that like, he was just like, 
go on me on that on the fucking candies, bro. <laughs> Man, and William Farrow, to be clear, wasn't a very cool guy himself. <laughs> Just to give you some insight on where uh, DJ Bo was on the totem pole. Of yeah, cool. it was. I, I was when yeah, the was, uncool guys are making fun of you. Pretty Man. bad. It was pretty bad, but I learned quick. Uh, uh, yeah, I adjusted. So I started like convincing wearing guy him. shows. <laughs> guy shoes. I convinced him that I'm gonna stop picking out my shoes, and um, like, I don't know, just like watching people, I figured out how to dress a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, things mom. didn't things didn't really get. How'd you tell your mom, Mama? Um, <laughs> please. Now it's just like I'm, stop I'm, buying me pink shoes. I'm just gonna pick out my shoes from now on because those I told her. I mean, I just told her those were girl shoes. Like she didn't know any better. Yeah, you know, but she listened. Thank so, God, Bobo. I try my best. I come to this country <laughs> to work hard for you to get you good shoes. <laughs> but yeah, that was my uh, middle school experience. And um, wow, yeah, I think everything makes sense now. Does it? Yeah, I can see that. That's why you watch the Joker twice. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, one day I will wear the boy shoes and I will show you all. <laughs> Uh, is it funny that I used to be a dancer back then too? Mm, you could tell us. We yeah, no, like no one really knows this. This this. Story. Oh really? Oh yeah. So like one of my ways again into music because I got into music because my dad just like collected records. That yeah. that was like my. What kind of records did your dad have? Yeah, he was like the the. So back home, he was like one of the few, like, dudes in the neighborhood that owned like a record player yeah and he he owned he owned like everything he had like michael jackson i, I used to listen to like the bad album like mm-hmm. that was on repeat all in the africa time. yeah back back in africa nice um he had like credence clearwater records rolling stones uh shit is Stevie it true Wonder. that uh, michael jackson is good for goat herding like the music it, uh, it gives them peace never heard that's something i heard i just wanted to see if you had oh, who's your source i just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> that's what i heard someone told me what? that a long time ago <laughs> i just wanted to see if that you can confirm that now go ahead tell, finish your story. neither confirm nor deny but okay <laughs> oh, but yeah so like it's possible it's true all right continue <laughs> yeah he had a range of records man like yeah i listened to like almost so you're a dancer you would dance in the village yeah so like i'll be i'll be the kid at like the parties like yeah, do that thing you do. And like, I'll be fucking like cutting it up in the village. Not in the god damn it. <laughs> what? Where? Where was it? I'm trying to set the. I'm trying no, to. No, I'll I'll do it back home. And then when we moved here, like so, any African kid growing up can kind of attest to this. Um, during the weekends, that the parents like a lot of the older African like folks, they all get together. Like they'll have like these meeting parties. So like yeah. they'll have meetings. They'll talk about like shit that doesn't concern the kids yeah. and then towards the latter part of the night everyone starts drinking and to be like partying down in the basement yeah and yeah i used to be the kid that would want to go party with them mm-hmm. so when they're out they like jamming i'll be on the dance floor just cutting shit up yeah yeah and then uh yeah i kind of that was like my thing like i'll be i'll be like the little dancer kid yeah and uh but then i think when i got older i got more shy so i kind of like backed off of it mm. some more it wasn't until like later on again in high school, I started like battling again. Uh, this is because of my homies Trey and Alvin. When you say battling, like just a dance off, a dance off type shit. Yeah, like go go. Other kids were they also African? Trey wasn't. Uh, Alvin was, but he was African American. 
He was no, he was African. Who? No, Trey. Trey was African American. Right. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. had a little bit of. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to paint a picture for the audience. Yeah, I guess. They're, they're, they're at home, they're in the car, they're at their office. I need to I need to do some imagery so Definitely. they can see what these dance offs look like. Yeah, Trey was African American. Well Trey, I used to do um we used to do we used to beat our feet to go go. So uh, that that was my exposure. That was that's how I first like got into go go. Now to our listeners. Yeah. Can you explain what beating your feet is? Because it sounds like a sexual act. Beating your feet. <laughs> Beating your feet is how you dance to go-go. It's a very, like, uh, footwork-heavy dance that you do to, you know, go-go rhythms. Mm. Um, yeah, so I kind of dabbled in that. But then I also dabbled in, like, pop pop and lock. I actually won a uh, uh, talent show in high school. Who had the most goats? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Who let the goats out? <laughs> Goat, goat, goats don't bark. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All that to say, yeah, dancing was like my thing for a while before like the whole DJ shit came about later in life. That makes a, you know it makes a lot of sense. Like uh, you as a kid dancing because I feel like I mean I could be totally wrong because I don't mm-hmm. I still to this day don't fully understand the whole DJ craft. But like I feel like you got knowing how to dance or knowing how like what songs move you mm. could help you become a a great DJ one day. Like that's like a first stage. No, definitely. Like, yeah. you know what I mean. Even though like you were you you became shy later, but as a kid, that was like your natural instinct is to yeah. dance when you heard music, which right. I think like for not everyone is like naturally like inclined to dance when they hear music. So like, as a DJ, you need that natural instinct, right, to like know that's how to true. rock a party. No, no, hundred percent. There's definitely some truth to that. Um, and then you started dancing, and when you got a little bit older, like back in high school with the uh, other kids. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then in uh and then so that was your that was your transition to America. Yes. You started it. off slow and you worked your way up to now. Cuz yeah. now you're on stage for like hundreds of people, you're mm-hmm. spending your rocket parties, you do this for a living, which you know it's kind of crazy. You ever sit back and think like, "Damn, I'm a DJ for a living?" Yeah, it's wild. It's like that. you're flying out to LA tomorrow for like parties now and right. you get paid and you're making a profit doing it. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It is pretty I crazy. Definitely wouldn't have thought about it like five years ago. Like that—that that was like so far removed. What if someone told you when you were like a little, uh, little boy in uh, Africa? Thought I'd be a DJ? Nah, because I was always kind of. You will be. A- <laughs> I was always like Look bred to be. I was always bred to be a, a medical doctor. Uh, yeah. That that was kind of like what my parents always pushed me mm-hmm. towards. I mean, most African kids like that's that's usually the route. I can relate to that. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't know if how I would feel about being a comedian at a young age. Maybe in middle school, I'd be like, "Of course, I'd be a comedian." <laughs> but then, you know, you don't know uh, as a career, yeah, like what the day to day is going to be like. Nah, not at you all. Know what I mean, you don't know how that life is. But were you always funny? You feel? You yeah, I was. I always, I I did things. Uh, early on that was like oh okay yeah maybe but it was always around my family it was never in public in public i was super shy i was awkwardly shy not not in middle school though nah but like as a kid like around my brother i was hung around older kids and Mm -hmm. i was always like the little quiet kid around the big the group of older dudes interesting yeah but i think being around older kids made me um mature faster yeah yeah and get better at like you know um, telling stories in front of people my age, yeah, because I had more inf- I had more intel on the streets, mm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think being a good storyteller is very important for being. No, it's a very good craft. To yeah. Yeah, I'd always like uh, be like the talker of my group. And uh, yeah, I mean, to to this day, I try to like always tell new stories and shit. Yeah, that's something I like telling. I want to. I want. And honestly, I got to keep working on because, like, the other day when we're so like, um, you recently moved. You moved in. We got a house together right now in um in Maryland. You know, along with LA, and like when we're in at the house in Maryland here, where we're actually doing this podcast now, we were like cleaning up the kitchen, and I was like sweeping up before uh I like I was gonna wash it, and um you're like. You were like, you you don't know how to use a broom. <laughs> what did you say? You said, you don't know. Yeah. You, you said, you dust like a, what did you say? Yeah, I think it was, I, said, I said something along the lines of like, you were sweeping, like uh, you've never like used a broom before. Or, or like, manual labor. Manual labor, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you've never done manual labor before. And then when you said that, mm-hmm. it like brought me back to a memory when I was 15 years old. <laughs> it, I like, I like went back in time like, <laughs> and I was like back at Wheaton Plaza movie theater mm. when I was 15 years old. I got my first job, and um, they asked me if uh, if I've swept. I know how to sleep, and I was like, Yeah, I know how to. I know how to sweep. And they had me sweeping up one of the movie theaters, mm-hmm. and I did such a bad job sweeping <laughs> that I ended up collecting tickets next to the guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> so it was me and they used to call him wheelie yeah they're like mean wheels and uh, they're, they're like wheels is like how long you've been working here for and i was like oh today's my first day I'm like really <laughs> usually they they have people sweeping on their first day i'm like yeah i didn't do so good oh my god uh, so it was mean wheels we took turns collecting tickets oh man that's amazing yeah man it was like it was an interesting observation that, yeah, I've just never been good at manual labor. Yeah, I could tell. I think it's because I come from a royal background. I'm royal. I got royal blood, too. Yeah, <laughs> you're very good at sweeping. <laughs> well, like, no, nah, as a kid, um, we always had to do chores. Like, Saturdays were like, I hated Saturdays for a long time. Like, God, like, most of my life, I could not stand it because once nine o'clock hit, my mom would like drag us out of bed and like we just gotta like clean the house. Yeah, and I did that for. You were kind of like the mother of the house. Yeah, because I was the oldest, and we're all boys. So my mom was like working two jobs. My dad had a couple jobs as well. So it was just kind of up to me to kind of have food made, clean up. You know, yeah, have, yeah. have assign who's gonna be doing the bathroom, who's doing the living room. Yeah dishes like all that shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is it helps now because like now i can like cook for myself yeah 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 now you're a pretty feminine dude i, I get that god damn it man what <laughs> feminine is, is a good thing it's 2019 i feminine guess is, you know the woman is the future is woman it's not giving me no pussy you're, but whatever. you're a part of the future now <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> now I, I i grew up in a very masculine household like my dad was like very like you know like watching him fight people and like mm. uh, be a tough guy you watch kung fu movies i remember one time uh we had we lived in a townhouse in silver spring and my dad would uh they wouldn't let my dad park his ice cream truck in the assigned parking spot so he would have to park it like way down on the side streets and um you know he'd be tired when he comes home he doesn't want to like walk so he'll like he'll just like park the car in the uh, assigned parking for like a little bit and 
the neighbors would like call the tow truck company on them. So like for like a six month period, they would keep calling the tow trucks on my dad and they would come and my dad would like fight them off and they would like just leave. And then uh, <laughs> until one day, like the tow truck company sent over like this, like six foot four, 220 pound, like big black dude. Yeah. And, um, they because they sent him intentionally because they knew like my dad probably couldn't beat him up. So like when that dad when that guy showed up, my dad was like he's like uh, Martin called the cops. <laughs> 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 and then I was like why? He's like don't worry you'll see. <laughs> and, then, and then like my dad just runs, but he runs towards his truck and like hops in the truck because the guy was putting the the little tow truck things where like you clamp it up and stuff. So. I learned that day that like if you're inside your car, mm-hmm. they can't tell you. Mm. So my dad did that and the, the, the tow truck guy was pissed because like, they sent him to like tow the truck, you know, yeah, and yeah. after all these months of like my dad fighting off these other guys because they like they had this like beef going. So finally, the, the, the tow truck guy got out the truck and was like cursing at my dad. And they were like threatening each other. And then like um, my dad like grabbed like this big ass crowbar. And then the tow truck guy grabbed his big ass crowbar, and so they had these like two crowbars. And then like my dad's like, "Call the cops! <laughs> call, call the cops!" And they both get in their trucks, and then mm-hmm. they start speeding down like Belpre Road, uh, not Belpre Road, Beaverwood. And um, they're like their trucks are colliding, and finally the oh, cops the come. Fuck? The cops come, and then like I learned that the person who calls the cops in a dis- domestic dispute first mm-hmm. wins the fight. So like if I oh. because I called the cops yeah, and I said that someone's fighting my dad, mm-hmm. the cops took my dad's side oh. because we called first. It wasn't because he was black. I'm sure that was a factor. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we won the fight. Interesting. Yeah. Your dad's a wild dude, man. Yeah. You've seen him a lot more because you're at the house. Yeah, but you said I, I like caught him during his calm, calm period in life. Yeah, I mean he's sixty-five years old, so it's I think it'd be very unhealthy for him to be like. I do remember that time he spazzed and like think he punched the wall. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was like a little. That's like a sample. Are you serious? Yeah. That shit was intense. Yeah, that wasn't. Doc, when you see another man fight, like physically fight someone else, right. That's as intense as. It is. <laughs> Like, but not just fighting anyone. Fighting oh, people shit. who are ten times bigger than you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where it gets like, all right, this guy is mentally like he's psycho. <laughs> this is unhealthy. So I think that's why we work together because I come from a very masculine background and you come from a very feminine background. So mm-hmm. together we're like a yin and a yang. Interesting. Yeah. I think I solved the whole story. I think I finished. There you go, man. I put a nice little wrap around. <laughs> <laughs> on this whole, on this episode, <laughs> you know, I wanted those are the two, um, those were like the two stories I wanted to share. The Wheaton Plaza one, and my dad fighting a tow truck man. Yeah, you know, a tow truck man. That's a crazy story. Yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> I'm trying shit. to get, you know, I'm trying to get into new material. I recently headlined, and uh, I'm trying to get my new. I'm trying to like you know write new stuff about my father. And, yeah. Write new stuff about my upbringing, and it's a little bit harder now because I only get like certain shows. I only do five minutes. Yeah. I need a little bit longer to to work on this stuff. 
but it's been coming along. I don't know if you you haven't really seen me perform in a while, like as far as like a long set. Nah, not really. I think the last one was um, the one you did in the basement. Yeah, that was and that uh, that was mm, that was a little bit ago, but that's a while ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting. Uh, I think I'm getting, but I got a lot of. I mean, you've seen the new stuff though, like at the. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I've seen it, but I, I'm talking about like one sitting th- once. Like, yeah, long, what do you, what, do you th- what are your term. thoughts on the on the new stuff? Like the jail one a lot. What's the jail one? The um, it's not. It's not new. Oh. You've 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 like nuanced it a the little jail bit. Jail joint. Yeah, that's like an old joint, isn't it? Mm, you've got, you've kind of had a new take on it though. Really? Yeah, I would say so. I didn't know that. I thought it's been set like that for probably a year and a half. Really? Yeah, but I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's hard to pay attention now because I, I just keep going on some new shit. Yeah. I got a lot of new shit on like um, L.A. Rock. Like it's just been maybe it's overlapping. Yeah, well, because I've I've seen like the develop. Main stages of a lot of the jokes. Oh right, right, right. So yeah, like that makes the sense. concepts. A lot of the concepts are old. That totally makes sense because you only see things. Yeah, you don't see things in its entirety all the time. Whereas, like, mm. I do it like every night. So it's like for me, it's like, oh yeah, that's, mm. that's been. I see. In my mind, it's always been tight, but then it's like, nah, not everyone's seen it when it's like worked out, and especially right, right. now the rhythms of it is like way smoother. Yeah, yeah. But do you think the Instagram campaign's been going good? It's been going amazing. Like, I mean, people can go online and see the numbers for themselves, but yeah, it's been, it's been great, man. And I feel like that's kind of like trickled into our like personal lives as well. Like, I'm just think I'm getting booked more. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. you're just getting more looks as well. Yeah, dude, I'm headlining the Kennedy Center. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of big. Yeah, dude, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. I'm so hyped, man. Yeah, now nah, the campaign's been going great, man. Like. And I feel like we're just getting started with it. I know. I know. Once once we started making like real money, it's yeah. like, oh, now you guys can't get us to quit now. No. It's too late. It's too no. late. We're making money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm eating too good right now. Shout out Trader Joe's. Yeah, dude. Fucking Trader Joe's has been taking care of good taking good care of me. I've been I've been pretty slim. I weigh <laughs> I weigh one sixty seven. Yeah. Not bad. I weigh 200. I gained like five pounds. Oh, little chubbycito. Yeah, man. That's good for me, though. I need to do that. I need, I need to get a little bit more meat. Yeah. Oh, pause. <laughs> My meat's fine. <laughs> Hi-yo. All right. I think, I think that's a good place to end it. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, like I said, man, if you haven't already, follow us on the Instagram at Martin Amini and at Bo's Nose DJing. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment and spread the word, man. We love you guys, man. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Take care, guys. Peace.